God gave them the utterance. We see that Peter began to preach. Amen. And as Peter's preaching, what is he preaching? He's preaching exactly what Jesus told him, that repentance and remission of sins must be preached in his name amongst all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. If you notice in Acts 2, the Bible tells us that the city was filled with nations out of every, I mean, devout men out of every nation under heaven. So they're there. So as a result now, Peter begins to preach about Jesus Christ when they says, what meaneth this? He said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, said God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision, your old men shall dream dream, and upon my servants and handmaidens uh, will I pour out of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I show wonders in the heavens above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord shall come, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And we know he goes on and he talks about David a little bit, but at the same time, he's talking about David. What he's doing is opening their understanding. He takes them back to David, Psalm 16, where David says, Amen, that in his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand there's pleasures forevermore. So he brings them back to bring them back, if I can use it like that. He takes them back to what they should have known, which they did, some did know, and then he tells them that it was about Jesus Christ. And that's why the Bible said there in Psalms 37, and when they heard this, they was pricked in their hearts. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promises to you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words shall he testify and exalt, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And they that were glad received this word was what? Baptized. Amen. And they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. So you see, the understanding, the doctrine opened their understanding. And as a result, the doctrine of baptism now is being taught. Because once people come into the understanding of Jesus Christ, who he is, that he died for their sin, that he was buried, that he rose again, the application to apply this to our lives is we repent. In other words, repentance is no more than an inward change of heart and an outward change of direction. So we turn, amen, from our old ways and wrong ways, and then we what? We're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, because neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. So we get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance. So we see the doctrine of baptism is important. But as we see today, a lot of people are not even baptizing people. They're not even teaching about baptism anymore. They're not teaching people that they need the Holy Ghost. 
Paul says in Romans 8 9, if we have not the Spirit of God, he's none of his. That's why John says if we don't continue in the doctrine, we're not going to have God or Jesus. See? Because if we don't continue teaching baptism, people are never coming into the church. This is the entrance into the church. This is how you get in. You don't shake somebody's hand and get in the church. You don't sign a card and get in the church. Amen. Jesus has the pattern already laid. And that's why he taught the way he did. He says, I've given you an example. When he came to John the Baptist, amen, when John was baptized in, in Enoch near Jordan, why? Because there was much water there. He wasn't doing any sprinkling and spraying, you know, without a water gun. Amen. He, he says, you know, John was baptizing in Enoch because there was much water there. Amen. If, if baptism was not essential to the doctrine of Jesus Christ, Acts 8, Acts 9, Acts 10, Acts 12, Acts 16, Acts 19, Acts 22. Amen. Romans 6 would have never been put in the Bible. The doctrine of baptism of water and the Spirit is essential. You don't get in the church any other way. I'm sad to say it, but people think they're in the church and they're not. You must be born again. See, so doctrine is essential. The baptism, doctrine of baptism is very essential to the child of God. Praise God. Amen. So we need to have the Spirit. This is why we teach. The way that we teach. This is the way the apostles taught. Notice Paul in 19. He come upon some certain disciples, and what's the first thing he asked them? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They says, well, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. He says, okay, then how are you baptized? They said, well, John's baptized. He said, John, verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, say you shall believe on him which shall come out, the which was Jesus Christ. Now, when they heard this, they was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul laid his hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance, which is a doctrine of laying on of hands. Amen. Sometimes you lay hands on people to receive the Holy Ghost. We see this through the Scripture. But it's also we have to have wisdom when it comes to the doctrine of the laying on of hands. You just don't lay hands on everybody. Amen. The Bible tells us that. Amen. So, and also, we lay hands on men when they're being ordained into the ministry. That's what Paul told Timothy, not to forget the laying on the hands which was given to him by who? The presbyter. That's why when we ordain men's in this organization, if you've ever been to one of our ordination service, when they come up front and we give them the charge and they're ordained, what do we do as presbyters? We lay our hands on them and we pray for them. That's the doctrine of laying on of hands, to give them approval that we are bringing them into the ministry. We see the doctrine of laying on of hands when people are sick throughout scriptures. See, So we have to understand that these doctrines are already laid out by the Lord. Remember, Jesus even touched people. 
He even touched the dead, raised the dead, touched the lepers. You know, the doctrine of led on of hands. So we have to have this as well, amen, in our ministry and in our teachings. We have the doctrine of the resurrection from the dead. See, but that is way down the line. But it's all part of the teaching. Because if you never learn that you're going to get out of here, you know what's going to happen? You'll get discouraged. That's why John is saying, I want you to know that the fourth reason, he says, I want to strengthen your faith so that you know that you have eternal life. See, so the doctrine of the second coming or the doctrine of the resurrection from the dead, is you've got to have that teaching. This is not your home. You're going to a better place. Jesus says in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you shall be also. Amen. We're going to a better place. There's going to be a resurrection. That's why Paul in his teachings, notice in Second, uh, I mean First Thessalonians chapter four, Amen. Real quick, First Thessalonians chapter four, drop down to verse thirteen, I think it is. Let me get there. I'm getting old. I can't find the books like I used to. <laughs> is that in the Old Testament? <laughs> Praise God. Verse thirteen. Chapter 4, First Thessalonica, Thessalonians. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you saw not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Amen. So you see, here's teachings on the resurrection. Amen. But if we've had part in the first resurrection, the second death has no power over us. Amen. The first resurrection is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. You've been raised again to walk in newness of life. That's why Romans 6 tells you, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection. He rose from the dead. You've risen from the dead. Now you're supposed to be walking in newness of life. And the next time when the Lord comes, you're out of here. Are you ready? Should the Savior call the dead? But Jesus will say, well done. I'll go away. My heart is for the pure. My God should never stay. Amen. So we have to be ready for this coming of the Lord. This, this, this world is not your home. You're just passing through here. You did this for one reason. To go to heaven. So don't lose focus. <laughs> Amen. 
you didn't do this just to you try to escape, you know, the world. You, yes, and you did, but we're going to heaven. So don't lose focus. That's what Paul says in Colossians 3. If you have been risen with Christ, then seek those things above, where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth, for you're dead. Stop acting like you're still alive to the world. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. So the doctrine of the resurrection from the dead, you should be ready to go. Eternal judgment, the doctrine of eternal judgment. They taught that. Why? To prepare us so that we stay pure, so that we stay right. Because we all have got to appear before the judgment seats of Christ to give an example, a given answer to the things that we've done in this life. You don't want to be afraid. You want to be excited that you're going. Amen. Be excited to go to heaven to live with Jesus forever. Amen. Jesus says in John twelve forty eight, He that believeth not my words have one to judge him. What's going to judge him? Same word. <laughs> the same word that's been spoken is going to judge you in the last day. You know why? Because Jesus is the word. <laughs> He's going to be the one that's doing the judging. He's going to be the one that's sitting on the throne. See? So that's why it's important and essential that we hold to the Word of God, man. And so we're going to talk a little bit more next week uh, about some of the doctrines, or we may decide to go ahead and spring on out of this and and get into uh, the third epistle here. Amen. Probably do that. But I, I but I just wanted to talk to you about the doctrine to understand how it applies to your life. It's very important that you know the doctrine. Amen. Of what they they taught. Because if you don't know, as I said at the onset, if you don't know the doctrine, it's easy to lead you astray and lead you the wrong way. Amen. And that's not of God. Amen. He brought you out to bring you in. And we see what happened throughout the concept, you know, with the children of Israel. They got further and further and further from the doctrine. See, that's why they had so many problems in the Old Testament. And so what is God doing is he's giving us a wake-up call. Amen? Praise God. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word this morning. Bless your people. Bless those under the sound of my voice. God, give them an understanding and heart to love your word more than anything else. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's do